weeks ago, I was arrested by the Holy Spirit with a thought. And it, it was a simple thought that led me to some conclusions and, and some conversation with myself. Now, at the end of this, I'm going to let you have a little Q&A. So as I go through this 20 minutes or 25 minutes or so, you get ready to kind of ask me a couple of questions. If you're online, get ready to just type in your questions and we'll, we'll make sure we kind of get it worked out here. Um, there is a survey I want you to take, though, before I get started. I want you to get your phones out ready. Get your phones out ready. Cue cards are going to come up behind me. And I want you to think about these questions. Uh, aim at that. And, um, and if at home you're doing the same thing, you can get a cue card right there on your screen. There is a, there's something that's really simple that I want you to just answer. If you go to that, that's going to give you a minute or two to, to answer a couple of questions. And I'm going to show you the results in a little bit. There is a challenge that we all face. And um, the challenge is figuring out why we're where we are, how we got to where we are, how do we manage where we are, how do we advance where we are. I want you to answer those questions. There's a few questions um, that I think would be helpful to you. Um, they, they take you down this path, and it answers some simple things for you. Now, I'm going to let you kind of shout out the questions. I don't have them in front of me. Uh, somebody give me question number one. What's question number one? What does it say? Say, what is Are you a marryable person? Are you a marryable person? That means you are, at this state of your life, considered marryable. Some say, no, I ain't marryable. Not right now. I need another six months, a year. Or, yes, I'm ready today. What's number two? Second question. What's it? Do you think what now? Do you think? Did you think you'd be married by now? I'm going to let you be my reader. You ready for me? Okay. Did you think you would be married by now? Yes or no? Did you think so? Now, I want you to just answer that. Did you think so? Yes or no? Okay. All right. Number three. Is there somebody you look back at and say, I should have married them? I missed that fish. I see some heads shaking. No, no, can't thank anybody. Is there a fish you missed? You ready? Number four. Are you happy with your life and your accomplishments? Are you happy with whose life? Your life and your accomplishments. Number, what's the next one? Have you ever been in a relationship that lasted more than one year? I was one time I was in this, uh, I was at an airport. Girl said, Pastor, she said, not a gentleman, she didn't call me Pastor. She said, I have never, she asked me how long I've been married. I said, 43 years. She said, ooh, woo, that's a long time. She said, I haven't made it past six months yet. Six months, that's it. She said, six months, we out, fall apart, can't make it. Is that it? That's, that's the last one. So I want you to just look at those, those questions. I'm going to come back and deal with the answers to those, not now, but later on, okay? I'll tell you what you said. Be interesting, all right? But I got arrested by the Holy Spirit the other day. And the question that came to my mind is, why are you where you are in life? Why are you here? My answer to that has been that you basically um, can trace your thinking, and your thinking helps you get to where you are. Right now, look at your grades. Your thinking 
helped you get there. Now, I know I'm not, they may be good, may be bad. I, my, I told you my undergrad grades needed prayer and resurrection because of my thinking, not abilities, thinking. Your thinking affects everything, and that's, the, that's what we're talking about this year. Where you are right now is linked to your thoughts. I said to you from our book of the season by Craig Crochelle, he said, our lives always move in the direction of our strongest thoughts. Say that with me, please. Come on. Our lives always move in the direction of our strongest thoughts. What we think shapes what we become. It's all about understanding the linkage in that. It's really powerful how you think. Where are the people around you going and how do they think? Because you're traveling with them. Your friends, people you date, people you go out with, your family. Believe it or not, you're traveling with them. I mean, I want to, but you're on the boat with them. I, I, uh, <laughs> I, I sometimes look back and I realize that who I was listening to was having a great impact on my life. Um, but I oftentimes didn't ask, what were their credentials? What gave them the right to advise me? What gave them the, the authority? How do they know about relationships? Have they been in one? You ought to interview the people advising you. They're telling you about relationships. Well, tell me about yours first before you give me advice on mine. Have you been in one? And has it been successful? Okay, if it has not been, the last 10 people you had just fell apart, how are you going to tell me about my first one? I'm not trying to put anybody down. I'm simply saying credentials matter. Who is advising you? Who is telling you you're ugly? Who's telling you you're not smart? Who's telling you that you don't have enough whatever? Who is this person? What are their credentials? And then did you fire, get rid of, a good advisor because they didn't say what you wanted them to say. Was there somebody in your life that you stopped talking to because they told you the truth? They told you that you could not behave this way. They challenged your choices. Oftentimes in life, we, we do. We, chant, we run from people, and we go in directions that are not really consistent with where we need to go. So this is where I'm going to take a detour from the notes, and I'm going to tell you a story. I was someplace uh, the other day, and I thought about this story for this sermon. And it wasn't planned, so I'm just going to tell you the story. Once upon a time, there was a guy that God told to go do something. And he didn't want to do it. And he decided that he didn't want to listen to this advice. He didn't want to listen to this instruction because he had his own views. And so Jonah, when told by God, to go to Nineveh, decided, I'm not doing that. Sometimes we get to where we are in life because we say, I'm not doing that. Say that with me, please. Come on. I'm doing See, when you say that, everything changes. I don't know what your I'm not doings are, but you are where you are today because you would or would not do certain things. Some things. You would not stand alone. You didn't want to forgive somebody. You didn't want to get past something. You wanted to hold on to something. That's why you're where you are and why you will stay where you are. If it's in the land of unforgiveness, if it's in the land of holding a grudge against your father, against your mother, against somebody, 
I don't know what the issues are. And let me say, you're right. I'm not saying you're wrong. Ninevites were terrible people. Ninevites were awful people. I don't even want to describe what they do because I want it in your brain the rest of the day, but it's pretty bad stuff. These were not nice people. But God decided to reach out to them. God decided to give them another chance. Now, I know you think some people don't ever deserve a chance. You want everybody that you don't like to get it. I'm glad they got it. I'm just happy to see them down. They went to jail, good. Leave them in there. Throw away the key. I know how you feel. Now, I want you to understand, that's how Jonah felt. You can think of somebody you can't stand. You know, don't, don't let me know who they are, but just somebody you can't stand. And God would tell you, I want you to go witness to them and lead them to God. I want you to go over to their house. I want you to spend some time, loving time with them. Jonah said, I ain't doing it. I'm not going to them. They did me wrong. They did my cousin wrong. They got a whole list of issues. And so Jonah refused. And the story tell goes, you know, in the Bible, if you read it, Jonah chapter 1 and 2. He ran from God, ended up in the belly of a whale. He's sitting up in the belly of the whale, seaweed wrapped around his neck, and he still ain't going. God can choke some of you, still won't do right. Seaweed choking him out, choking him out. He's in there. And he's in there for three days. It took a long time. See, don't, some people don't change on one day. It takes them two, three days, two years, five years. How long you been? How long you been under the weather? God been trying to get your attention. See? Well, here we go. Finally. Jonah spit out, well, spit him out. He repented, and he changed his mind, and he goes to Nineveh. And he goes there, and he preaches, and he warns everybody. Verse 6 says, when Jonah warned, warning reached the king of Nineveh, he rose from his throne. Watch this now. When the Jonah's warning reached the king of Nineveh, he rose from his throne, took off his royal robes, took off his royal robes. Imagine that. Covered himself with sackcloth and sat down in the dust. I almost want to illustrate it. Took off his coat, sat down on the floor, plop, and covered himself in ashes. This is a guy who is affected. Here's what I believe is true. People can change. You may not let them change. You may never forgive them for what they did to you. You may never, you can't see. That's why you're not God. But God is one who reaches down and touches the lost. Sometimes when people say they're sorry, they mean it. They can't go back in time and not do that to you. So they're still doing it. Okay. They're not quite there yet. Maybe they're better than they used to be. But you won't give them any credit. Have you ever been a parent that had children that grew up and talked about you? Don't worry. One day you will. Keep living. You ever had children that grew up and disagreed with you? Don't worry. Have something to keep living. At some point, you will be the one that somebody thinks did the wrong thing. And they'll think you should repent and you don't agree. Or maybe you do. My point is, all of us at some point get on the other side of wrong. Can I get an amen, somebody? Amen. So all of a sudden now, he's sitting on the floor. 
And then verse 7, he sent an email. <laughs> this is the proclamation or the email he issued in Nineveh by the decree of the king and to his nobles. Do not let people or animals, herds, flocks, dogs, cats, nobody should eat anything or drink anything. But let the people and the animals be covered with sackcloth. Let everyone call urgently on God, not just any God. It's time to call on the real God, capital G, God. I love this. Call on God. Let everyone urgently call on God. Let, him, let them give up their evil ways. I love this. And their violence. I want the criminals to stop criminaling. I want everybody to do good. I mean, this is a call to the mafia. This is a call to everybody. I need everybody to stop. Now, what's interesting is he had this kind of influence. It's interesting that you wonder why he didn't do this before. He wasn't threatened. It took a moment, a threat. And in and this moment, everybody changed. Everybody repented. Everybody stopped. Shocked Noah. I mean, Jonah. I said Noah, didn't I? Help me, God. It shocked Jonah. It shocked everybody. And here's what the Bible says. Watch this. The Bible said in verse 10 of chapter 3, when God saw that they did and when God saw what they did and how they turned from their evil ways, he relented and did not bring on them the destruction he threatened. I read this and I thought to myself, there's hope. There's hope. You are in a place right now maybe that you thought you shouldn't be in. But God has hope for you. And I'm not just talking about marriage, by the way. I know those questions I asked you a minute ago had to do with that. But I'm not talking about just marriage. I'm talking about life in general. I don't know how messed up your life is. I don't know what you've done right or what you've done wrong. I don't know. But I know that the Ninevites are pictures of people who went in the wrong direction, got in trouble. Life's all twisted up. But God is a redeemer. Can you, can you say amen to that? Amen. That to me is the big thought for today. Wherever you are and for whatever reason you're here, we'll talk about some reasons in a minute. What's amazing is he can redeem you. You would think the Ninevites were toast. You'd think it was over. I don't know who you've given up on. I don't know who you think God can't reach, but his name is Jesus. He can reach anybody. Some of you are in here, and let me tell you right now, when I pan the audience, and put some of you on TV, uh, on, on people used to go on TV, especially was on TV. People said, ooh, they in church. <laughs> Who would have thought you'd be here today? Who would have thought 10 years ago you'd be in here today? Who would have thought you'd be singing today? Who would have thought you were somewhere else? You were a Ninevite. You were, you were non-responsive. You were angry. But God saw you. You see, what's interesting is he couldn't see the heart of an Ninevite. That's why Jesus said, you don't get to separate. I don't give you final judgment because you don't judge well. Let the wheat and the tear grow together. I'll separate because you get people wrong. You think they cheated on you because they just wicked. No, they were confused. Watch this. Have you ever dated somebody? fell in love with somebody and looked back and said, I was confused. Raise your hand up high. 
You were confused. What were you confused by? Tell me. What confused you? Help me out. You now know you're wiser. Talk to the preacher. What were, I was confused by because I thought I could love him past his flaws. Somebody else, give me another. Why I was confused? Why were you confused that you now see? I was confused. You thought you were what? You thought you were healed. Okay. But you was confused about that. Yes. That they were a bad influence and I didn't see that. Anybody else? I was confused. Anybody else confused? He was wearing a mask and you couldn't see past it. I was confused by his potential. Confused by his big word, potential. Ain't got no money, but he got potential. Ain't got a job yet, but he got potential. <laughs> he got good. She has good potential. There are moments in life, if you're honest, you were confused. But now you see, that's what the Ninevites were. They were mixed up and confused, following the wrong way. But all they needed was a challenge. And so they changed. And it didn't make, make Jonah happy. And that's another story. Now Matthew chapter 7. Let me take you there and end this detour. There is a statement that Jesus makes that talks about how you get to where you need to be. Wherever you think you are in your life right now, if it's not where you think you should be, this is how you get to where you need to be. And this is the big decision only you can make. Nobody else can make this decision. Nobody can make it for me, and nobody can make it for you. You have to decide to be different. Say that with me, please. I must decide to be different. Say it again, come on. I must decide to be different. Now, you are where you are because you were not different. Many of you are where you are today because you followed the crowd. You, you did what everybody else does. I made a decision to be different. Now, Diane and I have been married for 43 years. The decision to be different is one that we really took pride in early. And I'm not just talking about marriage. I'm just talking about just friendship, just on a friendship level. There's something about saying, I'm not going to lie to you. I'm just going to be a truthful person. We're not going to lie. Our foundation will not be built on lies. That's a decision to be different. Even when you want to lie. Even when you think you've got good reasons to lie. Because sometimes she asks me a question, I don't want to answer it. So I don't want to lie. So I act like I didn't hear. Things you do. Because you you're praying. You're praying. All right, I ain't going to answer that one. That's a trap. That's a trap. You know, but you can't lie because you vowed you wouldn't lie. So there's something about coming to a place where you decide to be different. Now, that's a lonely place. That's an isolated place. And a lot of people don't like that place because when you go to that place, it means some things I may not ever have again. But I mean this so much so that I'm willing to be different. But here's what I found to be true. Most people don't want to be different. Most of us are like everybody else that we know. We have the same amount of debt they have. We have the same amount of issues they have. We have the same kind of friends. We do the same things they do. We talk the same way they talk. We grieve the same way they grieve. You have to choose 
to be different. Here's what the Bible says, Matthew chapter 7, verse, verse 15, verse 13, rather. Enter through the narrow gate, for wide is the gate and broad is the road that leads to destruction. And many enter through it, but small is the gate and narrow the road that leads to life. A good place, an amazing place. It's very narrow. And in the Greek language, the implication is it's not just narrow, it's narrowing. The implication in the language is that the gate is broad where everybody goes. Everybody talks this way. Everybody cusses people out and they get mad. Everybody acts this way. Everybody, everybody, everybody. Everybody, everybody does this. Narrow is the gate that leads to a different life. And the further down you go in life, the narrower it gets. And the more you have to hold it in because you can't be like everybody else. And that's why when you start out and your academic pursuits ain't that bad. Keep on going. Gets worse. More work, more reading. Business gets tougher. Keeping the doors open gets tougher. Running your business gets tougher. Raising kids gets tougher. It's narrowing. You feel the squeeze. Can you say amen if you hear me? You feel it tightening up on you. You feel the nervousness. You feel insecure about yourself. That's part of the journey. But the only way you're going to get there is if you decide to take the narrow route. It may not be easy to continue in school, but that's what will make you different. It may not be easy to forgive them and move on, but that's what you have to do. This is not for me to hold on to. This is poison for me. Therefore, I choose to forgive you. I choose to step over your attitude. I choose to let that go. I choose to forget and let it, let it just be what it be. Can't change it. Can you really do that, Pastor Ricky? Can you forgive and forget? I didn't say I forgot you burned my house down. That's why you don't have a key now. I didn't say I forgot you wrecked my car, but you're not driving my new one. I didn't say that. I just can't hold on to the old car that's in the junkyard. Because that's in the what? Junkyard. I can't worry about the junkyard. That's in the what? Junkyard. That happened five years ago, 10 years ago, 20 years ago. Still mad at your first boyfriend. Lord, help you, Jesus. That dude been married 20 years. Let that go. Mad at your old girlfriend. Let that go. At some point, your ex is your ex. At some point, your life has to move on. Are you hearing what I'm saying to you? Come on, amen. Are you hearing me? Are you hearing me? Are you hearing me? You are where you are. And there's a reason why you're where you are. You chose the common route. You chose the route everybody else did. And I love the way he says it. He says, and few there will be who find it. Most people don't find this. Now, I want to ask this question. I, I, this has really helped me. I, <laughs> I was praying about you, and this is what sparked the sermon. This next question. Why, why are you single? Because that's what some of you are. That's your issue. That's what you want to talk about. Well, first of all, as I asked you earlier, have you chosen in your past life marryable people? When you look back at the people you dated, be honest, were they really marryable? You know what I mean by marryable? That's the word I made up. It means this is the kind of person 
that no matter who got them, they, they're not going to be what they need to be. They're not really a marriable person. They're not. That's, not. that's not something that they focus on. They're very, very meistic and so on. So are, did, were they marriable? Have you been yourself a marriable person? Now, I'm going to tell you something I think is important. When you get in the car, there are rules, right? The car has a ignition, you crank it up, right? It has gas, and, and, and all those things have rules. If you press the gas and put it in reverse, you're in trouble if you're not looking back. You know, you know the rules. That's why when you teach somebody, anybody taught somebody to drive before? Isn't it nerve-wracking? Yeah. It's nerve-wracking. And I taught Ricky to drive, and he went through a stop sign. He said, hey, nobody was there, Daddy, no problem. I said, no, no, you don't understand, bro. No, no, no. You don't understand. <laughs> You're missing the point, man. No, I know nobody there today, okay? But we need you to stop at that stop sign. Okay, that's them, them, them the rules, okay? Okay, okay, next time I'll stop. Said, yeah, you're going to have to stop. Because, you know, cause there's something about understanding these are the rules. See, God made marriage. And there are rules. Sorry, ladies. There are rules. Guys, rules. See, God made sex. Uh-oh, watch out. Rules. Somebody said, oh, I know all about that. No, you don't. Because you didn't create it. All you got to do is do it long enough and you feel, you'll see the rules come out. The realities will come out. It ain't like television. All oh, that's phony baloney. The real truth is everything ain't what it looks like all the time. Ain't always stars and wonder. It's insecurity and shame and challenge and children and physical challenges. There's a whole lot to come with that. Whole lot over time. One time, two times, three times, a hundred times, okay, but you get to 300 times. You down there and say, 300 times? What are you talking about, Pastor Rich? Just keep living. You see what I'm talking about? Long you've been married, long you've been with somebody in a relationship, it moves past being all new. Now it's a responsibility. When it gets to a level of responsibility, things change. And so God designed this, and he said, this is the best way for it to work. Some things don't work that way. Look at your life and you say, nothing I've ever done in a relationship has lasted long. There's a reason for that. Maybe you're not following the rules. Maybe the way that this is being put together. That's why you're where you are in relationships. Do you think right now in your life you've changed enough so that you can obey the rules that God has laid out? So that you can get to a better place because you don't like where you are. If you don't like where you are, then and if you really want to change that, you have to say, what got me here? Could it be that I'm following the crowd and I'm doing what everybody else does? What I really think is true is that sometimes God has you where you are because he's saying, if you got what you think you want, you're not really ready for it. And if you got it, it wouldn't make you happy. So what I'm allowing you to do is sit here where you are right now and think with me for a minute. Let me get you off the broad road. Let me get you off the road everybody else is on. Let me help you stop living like everybody else. Let me show you a better way to live. And, and what I want to do is take you to a better place. Because here's what I can prophesy to you. If you do it the way everybody's done it and you keep going down that path, you're going to have the same results everybody else has. It's not until you decide to be different. And that's a decision you make. It's called repentance. It's saying, I was going north, now I'm going south. 
It's not how I feel. If you're going to live by how you feel and what you know and you become your own standard, so be it. Live your life like Jonah. Go ahead, jump in the whale's belly and ride. It's okay. But you can't cry when it's not right. You can't blame God when it's not right, going from person to person to person to person. You can't. It's when you say, listen, Father, I trust you with my life. Father, I trust you with my body. I trust you with my money. I trust you with my choices. I understand that where I am right now, I have been a part of that. I've, been, I've helped create this. I've helped create this world. That what, I, what I see right now, my thinking was a part of this. So now I come to you and ask you to touch my mind, touch my life. Because here's what's interesting. Everything I thought I needed. When I look back, some of you look back. This is a big thought I had this past week. Look back and see who you didn't give. Ask yourself, I heard of Jesus over there. You already with me. Would you have what you have right now if you stayed with them? If you'd gotten what you wanted? Somebody said, no, I wouldn't, I wouldn't. Because you look at where they are. And somebody said, thank you, Jesus. I give you glory. I give you praise. I give you honor. Because you were saving me. Even though I couldn't see it, you were saving me. I am where I am sometime because God's grace covered me and protected me. I'm where I am right now because God's grace stopped me from doing what I wanted to do. See, I didn't want to be a preacher. I wanted to be somebody else. I had another idea. I thought I wanted to be a police officer. That was my dream. Nothing wrong with police officers. God bless all y'all. Y'all helping us out. We love you. We appreciate you. But that was not what I thought I wanted to be. One point, I thought I wanted to be a luggage handler at the airport. That was my vision for my life. Once upon a time, I never, ever thought I would be here. Ever. But God saw my life and said, you can't see what I can see. I can do something you never thought you could do. I can educate you more than you ever thought you can be educated. I can lift your life. But you have, to, you have to let me help you. You have to stop going on the broad gate. You got to stop being like everybody else. I, I'll tell you right now, I look back, I didn't miss anything. But trouble. I didn't miss anybody. I didn't miss anybody. I, I'm not throwing no shade on anybody that I knew before now, but I'm telling you right now, I thank God. I thank God for his grace. Would you lift your hand with me, please? Get, lift your hand and worship God for just a minute. God, we know what we could have been. We know you tried your best to help us. But a lot of us are like Jonah. Stubborn, determined, got our own way, our own plan. We are where we are sometimes because we would not listen for years. And then sometimes we're where we are because you knew that all the people we knew up until now, especially for relationships, would have been bad for us. If we had married those people, we wouldn't be where we are. If we had jumped into that business, we would have wrecked the business. If we had had the money, we would have wasted it. If we had traveled the world, we would have gotten lost and forgotten the important things in life. Stand on your feet with me while we continue prayer. Father, right now, I lift up everybody in this room and everybody that's home. There's some Jonas in here that are running today. There's some Jonas watching me right now. 
and some Jonishas. They're angry, lost in it, frustrated. There's some people who want to blame God for why they're not married. They want to blame God for why they don't have what they think they should have. They want to blame God. But Lord, you, the Bible said all things work together for the good. Steps of a righteous man are ordered by the Lord. It's like you guided me here to a place I needed to be. You're going to guide them to where they need to be. I want to pray right now for people who are touched by some part of what I said. I don't know what part of it, but I want you to come on to the altar. I'm going to pray a quick prayer for you. It won't take long. Come on up here. If you said, Pastor Rick, a part of what you said spoke to me. I don't know what part of it. I don't know what part of it. I don't know. All I know is it spoke to you. Come closer. Come closer. I believe if you're watching from home that this is for you. For you. For you. God, this thing was really strong on me this past two weeks. That somehow, 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 that feeling of, man, I should be here or there. I released all that. I'm where I am. And now God wants to take me to the next place. And the next place is going to require something of me. It's going to require me to make decisions. Mm. Wow. I got to make decisions to Jesus. I, I want to say this. Look at me for a second. I, um, I was arrested this morning in, the, in, my, in the, my spirit. You know what came to me? Stop talking and do it. That's what came to me. You say you're going to do this? Do it. You're going to clean out that closet? Do it. Stop talking. You're talking. You've been promising God and promising yourself. It's time for you to do what you said you want to do for who? You. Because this is your life. Why are you where you are? <laughs> okay. Sometimes it's because you didn't do anything. Sometimes God was saving you because the people you were trying to be with the things you wanted were not good for you. You were dealing with people that weren't marriable. You weren't really marriable at the time. Wasn't in the right place. You were not, you didn't need that business. You would have wasted the money because you didn't, you didn't think right. Your values were wrong. So now it's time for you to do it. Now it's scary when you take that first step. It's, it's weird. It's, it's scary when you finish something because now you got to do what else you said you're going to do. So now you feel, I feel I'm, I'm there right now in my life, my personal life. I'm, I'm at the middle end of a process and, and, and I'm telling you, I don't know why. I just got a little nervous. Got a little nervous. Oh, now I'm finished. Okay, so that means I got to do something else because I done said, you see, then you get to the end. Now you got to go on. You see, some of you college students, there, you know what I'm saying? You feel it, feel it fresh. Some of you in the business. So I don't know where you are, but you feel it in your life. But I want you to lift your hand with me, please. Father, I speak over them today. I thank you for the opportunity to be in the house of God with them today. I pray these 36 minutes has helped them to think through where they are in their life. What we've said, I pray that the Holy Spirit would inspire them to do. And may they never be the same. Whether they're home watching today or here, let this be a moment in Jesus' name that their lives will never be the same. In Jesus' name, everybody say amen.
Wow. Did you get something out of that? Come on, say amen. You go back to your seat. God bless you. I want to thank you for watching online. You said thank you for staying in the trenches. I love that, Mrs. Uh, Mrs. Uh, Easton. Thank you so much. Trying to stay in the trenches and help people. I want to challenge you right now. I'm going to show you your, your um, I'm going to show you your stats. Can we show them the stats? What do they say? They, can they put them up here? 70%. Are you married? Are you a marriable person? Look at that. All y'all say yes. Most of y'all. Look at that. 78% said yes. 25% said no. Next question. Said what? What's the next question? Did you think you would be married by now? 50% said yes. Oh, 84% said no. Okay. All right. We're going to try. Next one. Are you happy with your life and your accomplishments? 76% said yes. Okay. 28% said no. Next, next group. Is that it? Next one. Have you ever been in a long-term relationship that lasted longer than a year? 82% of you said yes. Oh, y'all some lovers. Okay. 17% said no. Anything else? One more. Is that that last question? That's it. Well, those are your answers. So I guess y'all going to be okay. Amen. Thank you for coming. You learned something today? Thank you for coming. We've got food for you and fellowship for you. I'm going to entertain a few questions while we are getting our food ready and getting set up for you. I am so honored that you came today. This is our five or ten minute Q&A session and we're going to have food. We got, what do we got cooking for? We got some, when I got some possum and what else we got? What do we get? <laughs> some goat, goat meat, right? We got all that for you. Anybody, anybody, um, who, who can shout out what we got? What we eating today? Who we, what we got? We got, we got good food. I just tell you that. Good home. What we got? Salisbury steak. Chicken. Yellow rice. Green beans. Mashed potatoes. Plus, plus. Cupcakes. Is that worthy of your time? Come on, are you ready for that? said to get close to me that's all and that's available for everybody and everybody's in this room but what we do ask those of you who did check in your kids and children's church if you can please go get your little ones and then bring them back so they can eat with you okay i hate for you to be nice and full and then your kids are then you got to go take them through the mcdonald's line right. you know so now if your kids are in mime well we'll bring the mime kids over and they'll have an opportunity to eat but uh, those who have your kids checked in OBF kids, you can just go ahead. After his Q&A, you can step out and get your little ones and then come back in. Now, thank you for staying with us online. You're welcome to stay with us through our Q&A session. If you'd like to, while they're preparing the food, if you'd like to ask a question about anything I said today, any, any part of it, uh, I'd be glad to talk about it for the next five minutes or so while they gather the food. So uh, if you're at home, you might as well go to the kitchen uh, or hang with us if you want to hear the questions. So raise your hand if you have a question about what, what I said. A question about any part of this at all, feel free to raise your hand. Anybody have a question about what I said? Anything that came to your mind while I was talking? Yes, all of that. What did I say that spoke to you the most? What part of it did you like? Let's talk about that first. Being different. Uh, give me a couple more mic brothers, would you please? Join, join help, help with the mics, would you please? Somebody else? Oh, we got, we got them back there. There they go. All right, what else? Being different. Somebody else, what do you like about what I said? Anybody else? Right here, right here. Hold on for a second. He's coming to you. Yes? 
I like the part when you said um, everything you thought you needed, you didn't need, and God was like saving and covering you. To me, that's the biggest part of everything I said. I think that a lot of things we wanted, when you look back, you really didn't need it. You thought you needed somebody in your life. Sometimes single people live around this whole married thing and relationship thing. And I think that's oversold. I like being married. I'm happy with my relationship. But I, I say this, and I don't mean any harm when I say it. I don't think it's healthy for me to define my value and my life by my marriage. That's me. I think that puts too much pressure on her, puts too much pressure on me, and I don't think it's possible. I don't think any one person can make you eternally happy every day of your life. She gets on my last nerve sometimes. <laughs> she does, and I get on her nerves. That's part of life. That's part of relationships. And so I don't know that I need to be putting all of my joy and expectation on her. There are days we don't, we, I mean, we, we, we talk, but it's like, you know, you need to go do what you do. I need to go do what I do today. Because we, we have totally different values in terms of what we're going to do today or tomorrow. Sometimes we don't even want to do the same things, eat the same things, go to the same places. And so if all my life is centered around a person, I'm not going to have a happy life because I'm going to put too much pressure on the relationship. A friend, I read a book once, and he said, he said to pastors, don't make your wife your best friend. I thought that was odd advice. And here's the way he said it. You put too much pressure on them. My wife is not going to want to sit around and do something. My wife is not going to sit around and, and talk about Greek or she says I read encyclopedias. She thinks some things that I do are boring. She thinks my books sometimes are boring. That's what she says. We're different. Uh, my wife is a big basketball fan. She yells at the TV. It's hard to watch it with her. What are you doing? Grab a rebound. I said, just get, get, chill out. I want, I'm not like that. I, I watch the game. I don't say anything. The whole game. Diane, uh-uh, ain't like that. Football, she like that. Everything, she loud. She be yelling at the TV. And so I go into another room. Sometimes, 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 sometimes she be, if she and Christina be in there, they be going at it. I just, I just can't take it. I can't watch Super Bowl with them. I don't. I don't watch Super Bowl with them. They have their own little party themselves, and they, they don't invite me, and I don't invite myself. I'll come hang with the guys for a little bit, but I like to watch it by myself. I don't want to tell you what I do either. I have my own little way. If they start losing, I cut it off and I cut it back up when they win again. <laughs> I'm bad. See, that's me. It's my TV. I can do what I want, right? So anyway, somebody, what would you like? What, I, what did I say? Yes. Living in the broad is tough, but it's better for your life. Say it one more time. Living in the broad mm. is tough, but it's better for your life. It is. Living in the broad gate is tough, but it's better for your life. It is. Somebody else, what did I say that spoke to you? Yes, right here, right here, please. Raise your hand, Jocelyn, so they can see you. Jocelyn, I'm sorry, get your name right, girl. There you go. The section where you says, what are your I'm not doings? Mm. It could be unforgiveness. It could be an attitude that you've had that you kept thinking that way. What are your I'm not doings? Um, that could have stopped you or kept you blocked from getting where you are. And that could be the reason why you're stuck or you're in that same situation right now. So right. that spoke to me a lot. I hope it came through that I believe you could be in a good place. Some of you could be in a really great place. I feel like I'm in a good place. But I feel like I, I'm here because I made certain decisions. But I also realized that in some ways in my life, I could have been in a better place. And if I'm honest about things God couldn't do. I don't think we really understand that God looks at us sometimes and says, I can't give you what you're asking for. 
If I give you a million dollars, you're going to waste it. Go buy something crazy you don't need. You're not responsible enough right at this stage of your life because you're not reliable with what you have. You don't do what you know. You won't keep your room clean. How you gonna keep a business clean? You didn't make up your bed today. You got out and ran out of church. Why? You always do that. Don't say you do it sometimes. You always do it. Why, why do you think like that? that? There's something about you can't manage yourself. How are you going to manage the staff? It's really simple if you look at it. Yes, go ahead. What if you're doing the action, you're trying to make change, but you keep running to stumbling blocks? You get over one hurdle and then another and another. Like, what's the lesson in that? That's, about, that's what success is like. Success is about one hurdle after another. So when I pay this month's bills at the church, guess what? Next month. Once I, once I make this payroll, guess what's got to come up next payroll? The staff thinks so. Next payroll. I have to always understand that I'm moving forward. That's part of my journey. I can't be afraid of the repeated responsibility and the repeated challenges. I believe that's what success is about. As a matter of fact, it's when you have challenges that you know you're on the way someplace. Yeah, I think, I think you're at risk when you get comfortable and you don't see any problems anywhere. That means you're not doing anything. There's got to always be something that must be dealt with. My life is too complicated for me to do it all. I have to have people to help me because I can't see all my blind spots. I have a lot of blind spots. All right, somebody else. I have a question. All right. Did you enjoy today? I think